and he'll give us what the Lord has laid upon his mind for us this morning. We have Pastor Hill this morning and Dan Hamel will be with us next Sunday. He's the, for those that don't know, he's the director of child evangelism on the eastern part of the UP and he'll give us an update about what's been going on with child child evangelism so that'll be on tap for next Sunday okay Pastor Hill thank you well the Lord gave me a good trip over from Ishpeming this morning Usually the first part of March, you can expect anything. But I'm, I don't know about you, but I've been very pleased with this winter that we've had. <laughs> now, if you're a skier or a snowmobiler, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> I don't mind having this kind of winter all, well, every winter. I'm praising the Lord for El Nino out in the Pacific. I'm going to start off with a question this morning. Are you happy? Are you happy? You know, the, this world that we're presently living in is full of very unhappy people. Uh, I don't even like listening to the news anymore about all the unhappy people that are in this world. Hate seems to abound. Uh, one of the groups of people that I consider probably the most hateful group is the religion of Islam, where, uh, I don't know if you heard, but last year in Nigeria, over 8,000 Christians died at the hands of radical Islam in that country. And it, there's more, I mean, all kinds of, uh, you hear about the war going on in Gaza, and those Gazans, I don't know if that's a word or not, <laughs> but they're not a happy people. They keep shooting rockets into Israel continuously. Unhappy. Even in America, we have a lot of unhappy people living in this country even. I mean, if, if a policeman accidentally or shoots someone committing a crime, if that person happens to be black, ugh. You can expect riots to take place, buildings to be burned, police to be defunded. Sometimes it affects even Christians. Do you ever, ever get angry? And what do you get angry about? You know, Jesus was angry. But he was angry not because he was hurt but because what was going on was an affront to his heavenly father and the temple in Jerusalem. What does the Bible say about angry, getting angry? Be angry, but sin not, sin not. And I have to admit that sometimes when I get angry, it's usually it's when I'm watching the news, maybe I ought to turn the news off. <laughs> I sometimes get well, let me say, righteously indignant <laughs> when I see all the things that are going on. This, I would never have thought 
that I would see the day where my country, that I love dearly, has gone so far down the tubes of immorality, I never would have thought I would have seen it. Where men or women can get married, men and women can get married to each other, but men and men getting married to each other and women and women getting married to each other and people actually thinking that you can change your, your sex? How is that possible? Every cell in your body tells you whether you are a male or a female. And outward changing of the physical body doesn't change that fact. When God created man in the Garden of Eden, what did he create? Male and female. And as far as I'm concerned, those are the only two sexes that there are. How do you maintain sanity in a world that's gone insane? You know, the Bible gives one of the answers. How to be happy in an insane world. I'd like to have you turn, if you would, to Psalm 1. It's uh, probably a very familiar passage to you. Psalm 1. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Actually, we're just going to consider the first three verses today. Blessed, it starts off. The word blessed could equally be translated happy. Um, it's more than happy. It literally means prosperous or being happy, <laughs> well-to-do. It's happy. So uh, happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Whatever he does will prosper. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we consider this passage before us today, Lord, that you would guide our thoughts and our thinking, that we might truly desire to be happy, blessed people in this very strange world in which we now find ourselves. We pray this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Happy is the man. Happy, prosperous, joyful, blessed. What kind of man is happy? First of all, he is happy by what he doesn't do. By what he doesn't do. Notice what it says. Blessed is the man who walks not. Walks not. You know, most people believe that a Christian is a person who has a whole bunch of don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other thing in front of them. Most of the time when the world thinks of a Christian, they think that, look at all the things you can't do. You can't have any fun. 
Well, look at you can't drink, you can't swear, you can't gamble, you can't have illicit sex, you can't watch porn, you can't steal, you can't lie. What can you do? You know, those things are true of a Christian, but that's not what makes a Christian a Christian. We don't become a Christian by what we don't do. We become a Christian by what we already have done with Jesus Christ and asked him to be our savior, to come into our lives and to save us. When I hear people say that you can't do this and you can't do that, it isn't because I can't do that. It's because I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to hurt the Savior who died to save me. I don't want to hurt him. Um, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, what is he? He's a new creation. He's a new creature. There are certain, certain things we don't do because we don't want to do that. And I trust that that's the same in your life. Oh, there are times when sin will catch up with you and you may accident, you may sometimes even on purpose do something that you're not supposed to do. But what happens? Do you ever feel guilty about it? I would say so. I know there are times when I have done some things that I knew I shouldn't have done and boy, do I feel miserable. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So certain things that a blessed man does not do. He doesn't, notice, he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Counsel. What is counsel? That's simply advice. Advice. He doesn't listen to the world's advice with the intent of following it. He doesn't seek to follow the world's advice. If you watch TV, you get a lot of advice from the world. One of the things that I seem to hear more and more and more, you ever heard of DraftKings? It's a gambling place. And they want you to gamble online. Makes it so fun. You know, I never thought that losing money was fun. <laughs> they make it sound as though you can't lose. You, you give us $5 and we'll give you $100 in free bets. Boy, that's a bargain, isn't it? Only thing after you give your first five hundred or first five dollars, you've lost your first five dollars. You haven't gained anything. You don't think they put up those casinos with their own money, do you? They put it up with well, can I say it? Stooges <laughs> who come and donate their money to them. And that's what it really is, donation. I've, I've never saw casinos as being fun things. We one time had a family who was coming to our church in Ishpeming who was at K.I. Sawyer when it was, when it was in operation. Uh, they eventually got transferred, as most airmen do from time to time. 
he got translated to, a, to an Air Force base that was just outside of Las Vegas, and I can't remember the name of it, but uh, he was translated there, or translated, he was transferred <laughs> there, transferred there. One of the things, they actually decided to uh, settle down in that area because one thing that uh, uh, Nevada doesn't have is property tax and state uh, income tax. You know where they get their money from. <laughs> and one time when we were there visiting them, it happened to be on a Sunday, and he took us to the church that they were going to. It wasn't a large church, but it was a church that had set down some guidelines to become a member of that church. And one of the guidelines was is that you cannot become a member of our church if you are involved in the gambling industry. You know what that would do to the size of your church? Because so many people in Las Vegas are some way or another involved in that industry. And he also informed us that uh, almost every week, sometimes several times a week, they had people coming to their church looking for handouts. Because they came to Las Vegas expecting to win it big and lost everything. And the city of Las Vegas is full of vagrants. Many people who came there with money in their pockets and now have none. Don't heed ungodly counsel. There's a lot of other things that are ungodly. Counsel that the world said. Actually, the things that I'm going to mention next are all legal to do in Michigan and in most of the states uh, around here. And this is ungodly counsel, that you can live together with your partner before marriage, uh, that you can have sex before marriage, that a man can marry a man or a woman can marry a woman, or that you can actually change your sex. And many of things are not only legal, but they are promoted by those in our government. I don't know if you're Buttigieg in national government. He's in charge of, I forget what committee, what, what uh, government post, but he's, he's a homosexual. And he just the other day said that all his department are going to call everybody else in their department by he, she, him, her, they, them, and all those other what I call stupid Stupid names. I don't know how many of you like to watch one of the, our, my wife and I's favorite programs, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> and even on those programs, I have seen people come up and uh, they're talking about, a man is talking about his husband or a woman is talking about her wife. Of course, those programs take place in what state? California. And you know, in Jesus' day, they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of, and, and I shouldn't say that, but uh, can anything good come out of California? I know there are Christians in California. I know there are good churches in California. But many of them are battling battles. 
John MacArthur is out in California, and he's had a battle in his church not too long ago when he was told, close your church down because of COVID that was going around. They did for a while, but then they said, why? I mean, so they opened it back up. And as a result, he found himself in hot water from that point on. What does a happy person do, happy Christian? He does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice next, he does not stand in the path of sinners. He doesn't stand in the path of sinners. The Bible talks about two different roads. You're probably familiar with them. There's the broad road that you don't want to be on. Then there's the narrow road. When this passage, I believe, is talking about a man who is standing on the broad road. He's not going down it yet. But he's standing there watching everybody go by. And he's contemplating. He's thinking, should I join them or should I not join them? He's standing on the road. What do I do? He looks over and sees the narrow road. The narrow gate. Not as many people on that road over there. And the people on the Broadway will say, they're not having any fun. Follow us. And so he's contemplating. What should I do? Did you know that the majority is not always right? Genuine believers in this country are actually in the minority. I'm convinced of that. We are in the minority. So shouldn't we get government handouts since uh, they're... <laughs> since they like to do that to minorities. He doesn't stand in the path of sinners. Notice the third thing he doesn't do. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. The scornful are those that are mockers. In other words, he doesn't actively join those who are mocking God and mocking his word. He wasn't like Sodom, excuse me, he wasn't like Lot in the city of Sodom. Did you know that Lot in the Bible is called a righteous man? And he was actually one of the leaders in the city. How do I know? Because he sat at the gate of the city. And that's where the leaders sat. But did you know that Lot was not a happy man? I'm going to turn to... Uh, the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. I'm going to back up to verse 6. Where Peter is talking about Sodom. And he says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who would afterward live ungodly. So you know what was going on? The city of Sodom was ungodly. But he delivered righteous Lot. Notice he calls him righteous. He delivered righteous Lot who, notice, was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them 
tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Does it sound like Lot was a happy man? I'm guessing he wasn't following blessed is a man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly because apparently he was listening to the counsel of the ungodly. He was actually uh, living in their midst and going along with some of the things. But he vexed his soul every single day by what he saw going on. He was not a happy man. Scoffers generally are not happy people. It's a picture of Compromise. Matter of fact, in this verse that I just read, there are three compromises that take place here. If you note the verbs, he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, he doesn't stand in their counsel, and he doesn't sit with them. You see that he's walking, then he stops, and then he sits. A compromise. Even if you notice the nouns, it's the counsel of the ungodly. It's the path of sinners and eventually sitting at the seat of the sinners. And then the, a couple of other nouns, the ungodly, sinners, and scornful. Do you notice the downward trend in each of those stanzas? Downward trend. It's a series of compromises You'll never be happy going down this path. There was a fellow years ago who used to go around the country having conferences. Some of you old timers probably remember him, a man by the name of Bill Gothard. He even used to have a retreat center over by Wakefield. And one thing I remember that Bill Gothard said, and I think it's true, what one generation allows in moderation the next will excuse in excess. What one generation allows in moderation, the next will excuse in excess. So the blessed or happy man doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in their path and he doesn't sit in their seats. But the happy man, verse 2, there's a reason why he's a happy man. Even the world, when they hear that you are a Christian, they expect certain things from you, don't they? If you say you're a Christian, they would expect that you would claim to be a follower of Jesus. Now, I know that that term Christian doesn't always include genuine followers of Jesus. But the world, if they hear that you're a Christian, they expect you to be following him. They expect you to go to church. They expect you to have a Bible. They even expect you to read it from time to time. They expect you to be kind. They expect you to have love. Even Jesus said to his disciples, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. I think the world is right in expecting those things of genuine believers. So what does this blessed man, he doesn't do certain things, but what does he do? Verse 2, but his delight is in the law 
of the Lord. In other words, the preachings and teachings of God. Jesus said, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. Now the word commandment that is found there is not the so-called law, which has the Greek word namas. When people talk about the law, they're talking about namas. This is the word entole, which literally means the teachings, the precepts. Whatever it is that Jesus taught, that's what David says they delight in. They delight in hearing from God. They're, it, 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 it governs their daily decisions. Where should I go? What should I do? It controls our attitude. If we really delight in the law of the Lord, we'll want to keep his precepts. David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against thee. That I might not sin against thee. David knew the purpose of hiding God's word in our heart. One of the things our pastor over in our church is trying to do, we used to do it years ago, but we haven't done it recently. Each month he's going to give us a passage that he wants us to put into our heart. In other words, to memorize. I'm trying to do that. But it's not just one verse, it's several verses, like about 10 verses. And I don't know about you, but the older you get, the harder it is to memorize. <laughs> I'm trying. Thy word have I hidden in my heart. There's a passage in 2 Timothy 3.16, one of the 3.16s of the Bible. All scripture is given by what? The inspiration, literally the, the breath of God. All scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man, and I can add woman or child, might be thoroughly furnished, well equipped for every good work. That's why God gave us the Bible, that we might know it and follow its precepts. He not only says the word of God is his delight, but he also says, and in his law, in his word, he meditates day and night. Do you ever meditate on the word of God? That literally means to be thinking about it, pondering it over. When a decision comes up that you have to make, do you ever run it through the grid of scripture? What does God say about this? Is this in line with scripture? And even... As he goes to bed at night, I can imagine David thinking on his bed, okay, Lord, what did I do today? Um, oh, I failed there. Please, God, forgive me for that. Help me to do better tomorrow. And he always seemed like he was, if, if you read the Psalms, most of the Psalms were written by David. And he had a love and a desire not only to know God, but to know his word. And that's the sign of a person who's going to grow up to be a happy individual. To know the word and to heed it. Regardless of what the world says, you're following God. You want to be a happy man or woman? 
heed or follow the word of God. But in order to do that, we must know it. What does this happy man become? Verse 3 says what he'll become. He shall be like a tree. You ever consider yourselves to be a tree? That's not usually the word that comes to my mind. <laughs> but he's giving a word picture here. What kind of a tree? It's a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Rivers of water. Refreshing water, water nourishes a tree. And as he knows the word of God and wants to follow the word of God, he will be a happy spiritual man fed by the water of the word. Refreshing. Nourishing. Usually every spring, late March, 1st of April, my wife and I take a trip out to Arizona. I know we should go earlier in the year, but uh, we go in the springtime. <laughs> uh, we just have to get our way out there, and I have a sister, a niece, and a nephew who already live there, and they royally treat us when we come out there. They pick us up from the airport, and actually, that's the last of the money we have to spend for the two weeks that, they're out, that we're out there. They treat us to everything. I say that too. Amen. <laughs> Arizona, if you know anything about the state of Arizona, most of the year it's kind of brown in color. Brown hills, brown sand, brown rocks. Even the cities are brown. But every now and then when you're driving in your car along some highway, you see some tall trees growing. And you know what is always there? Water. Water. Either a stream is flowing nearby, or a lake is nearby, or irrigation is being applied. One time we were driving down the highway heading from the Phoenix area over to Quartzsite. We used to have friends who stayed in Quartzsite and we would spend a day or so with them over there. Come to find out that this year they're all leaving early because there hasn't been much winter in the rest of the country. But one time when we were traveling down the road, we saw this huge orchard up ahead. Nice green leafy trees. There wasn't any lake or river nearby that I know of. But when he got there, you saw irrigation. Irrigation. Found out later that those were pecan trees. I didn't realize that Arizona grew pecans. But here it was, out in the middle of desert. All around them, brown. Right there, green. All because of irrigation. Trees need water. I've been told by some of the people of Arizona that there are plenty of rivers in Arizona, just that they're all flowing underground. You can't see them. How do you think they get water for a big city like Phoenix? 
underground. So there is water down there, although from what I hear, the water table keeps going down and down and down every year, and they have to keep going deeper and deeper for water. But a well-nourished tree needs water. A well-nourished Christian needs the water of the word of God. Notice what else about this tree. That brings forth its fruit in its season. Brings forth its fruit in its season. A well-nourished Christian will bring forth fruit. Now we're not talking apples and oranges and so forth. It doesn't say you have to have an orchard near your house bringing forth fruit. It's talking about you bringing forth fruit. What kind of fruit does God expect us to give? We see that in Galatians. You're all familiar with that passage. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. If we are a well-nourished Christian, this will be the fruit that God expects of us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, happy, <laughs> peace, even in the midst of an insane world. Long-suffering, being able to put up with, with stuff. Kindness. You know, God even expects us to be kind to those who don't love us. Kindness. Goodness. Doing good unto others, especially to those of the household of faith. Faithfulness. Following God wholeheartedly. Gentleness. Self-control. Sometimes I lack that. Self-control. Against such, there is no law. That's the fruit that God wants us to show forth in our lives. To be a happy, contented Christian. There's another type of fruit that is also given in the Bible. And that's found in Romans chapter 1. The Apostle Paul speaking here. Romans chapter 1 verse 13. I'm going to back up to verse 12. Romans 1 12. That is. That I may be encouraged together with you. By the mutual faith. Both of you and me. Now I do not want you to be, be unaware brethren. That I often planned to come to you. But was hindered now. Why did he want to come to them? He answers in the next part of the sentence. That I may have some fruit among you. Also just as among other Gentiles. He wasn't talking so much about the fruit of the spirit there. He was talking about the fruit of souls. Paul had a desire to win souls. He had a special desire to win Jewish souls. But as they say in Romans, I think it's 10 or 11, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I would rather myself be accursed if I could win them to the Lord. Paul had a desire to win others to Christ. Do we have that kind of a desire? Is that one of the fruits that our desire is to, to reap? I realize we're living in a world where many people don't want to hear about the gospel, don't want to hear about God, don't want to hear about Jesus Christ. But you know, if God were done finding all the souls that he knows are going to come to him, where would we be? 
Yeah, in heaven. <laughs> he would take us home. There'd be no reason for us to be here anymore. And I got a feeling that day is going to be fairly soon, the way things are going. Yeah, a well-nourished tree seeks to bring forth fruit, fruit of the spirit, fruit of souls. So I'll ask you the question I started off with. Do you want to be happy? Do you want to be happy? First thing, don't listen to the world's counsel or heed it, or join with them. Don't be like Lot. Be like Paul. Don't listen to the world's advice. And then secondly, know the word. Know the word. Enjoy the word. Love the word. Love the Lord of the word. And you know what? I think the result will make you a happy person. Notice what the rest... Oops, I lost my spot in Psalms. The last part of Psalm 1. Verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Whatever he does will prosper. I want to be a happy man. Trust you do too. So let's follow David's advice as given in Psalm 1. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for David even though he sinned from time to time, yet you talk about him as being a man after your own heart. Lord, may we be men and women and children after your heart as well. Help us, Lord, when the world gives us advice that is contrary to your word, not to heed it, not to listen to it, but to listen to the advice that comes from following your word in order that we might be truly happy people. We pray in Christ's name, amen.